Since 1983, Sierra Tucson has upheld a long-standing legacy of clinical excellence and compassionate care. A multidisciplinary team of professionals utilizes the Sierra Tucson model, a biopsychosocial spiritual approach to individualized treatment. Sierra Tucson combines integrative and experiential therapies with evidence-based practices to provide a full range of treatment modalities to address addiction, mood, pain, trauma, and co-occurring disorders. Residents receive the resources, support, and tools necessary for long-term change, including Connect 365, complete with a certified recovery coach and customized mobile app, and a lifetime of alumni services. And joining me today to discuss how we can remove the stigma from PTSD is Dr. James Seymour, director of the Chrysalis Program at Sierra Tucson. This is Let's Talk, Mind, Body, Spirit by Sierra Tucson. Sierra Tucson ranked number one best addiction treatment centers 2020 in Arizona by Newsweek. I'm Scott Webb. Dr. Seymour, thanks so much for being on today. We're talking about PTSD. So how do you define psychological trauma? Well, people define psychological trauma in different ways, but I define it in uh, these two ways. First of all, anything that overwhelms the capacity of our system to cope effectively, I think of as psychological trauma. Uh, the other thing is, is that trauma comes from the ancient Greek word trauma, which means to wound. And although they used it just to look at physical wounds, we also look at it as psychological wounds. The other thing is I like to say that the uh, uh, trauma is not in the event itself, but in the body's reaction to the event and how we're able to manage and deal with that reaction. So why should we think of trauma not as a disorder necessarily, but as a normal adaptation and response of the nervous system to psychological trauma? We should think of trauma not as a disorder because it's really not. I uh, talk with all my uh, clients or patients about the fact that uh, they may have symptoms and they may have significant interpersonal difficulties, but that there is essentially nothing wrong with them. They don't have a disease, a disorder, a sickness, an illness. Uh, they don't have to be fixed. Uh, they're not just a diagnosis. But what happens is the body goes into uh, animal defenses when our life is in danger or life of someone else that we care about is in danger. And this uh, affects the uh, nervous system uh, to where that we get several different reactions, uh, some of which include the fight or flight response or a collapse or immobilizing response that some people refer to as the freeze reaction. So the body responds to the trauma, and it's the response that continues that is what really causes problems for people. Unless there's uh, some interruption in the process, uh, those responses become conditioned responses or what I call default mechanisms to deal with any other kind of anxiety that comes up later. Yeah, and I think that we're all familiar with those feelings that you're describing, the fight or flight, the uh, freezing that can happen. And as you say, that it's all just normal stuff, right? Yes, uh, very normal, very normal. So all of us experience psychological trauma, but some has um, much more than others. The other thing I think of is that there are uh, two major kinds of traumas that I think of. One of them is event trauma, and that is something that happens to us. That might be a fall an injury, a medical complication, a sudden death of someone that we love, a sexual assault, a physical assault, being involved in a natural disaster, uh, also uh, dealing with this whole COVID situation. Uh, and those are things that happen to us and they're events. 
And those are things that sometimes will lead to what we consider post-traumatic stress disorder. Now, I like to call it post-traumatic stress response to emphasize that it's not a really disorder. So people use the term PTSD. I use the term PTSR. The other kind of trauma we have is the complex developmental trauma. And this is trauma that occurs from an early age. And the environment in which we are growing up in is a traumatic environment. And I think of a couple things in that regard. One of them is if we have to walk on eggshells when we're in uh, our childhood and growing up, then we probably got developmental trauma. Uh, The other thing that I think about is if we're in an environment which is a frightening or scary environment or we have a frightening or scary caregiver, we're most likely to then have what I would consider developmental trauma. That is, trauma is not an event, but the situation in which we uh, grow up in. So why is it important to understand that we don't really treat trauma? One of the biggest things that uh, occurs after trauma, particularly developmental trauma, is that uh, people experience a great deal of shame. Uh, The world is not as they thought it would be, and uh, a lot of people blame themselves for the difficulties. So again, that's why I like to say that you have symptoms and you may have interpersonal difficulties, but there's essentially nothing wrong with you. The other thing is that the trauma has occurred in the past. Uh, Now, some people that we see are in ongoing trauma situations, and that's a different uh, picture altogether. But for most of our clients or patients, the trauma is already over. It's over in the past, and we need to help people recognize uh, that they have survived. They've had a lot of resources that they've used to be able to survive. And what we need to do is not to treat a disorder, but to help them tap back into those strengths and resources that they've used before to get through difficult situations in life. Absolutely. So for someone who is suffering from trauma, what recovery options are available to them? Well, the first thing that I think about is that uh, recovery options are not just uh, things having to do with individual or group therapy. Anything or any activity that we participate in that allows us a sense of connection and safety are things that help uh, trauma recovery. So things outside of a therapy session include uh, yoga, therapeutic massage, cranial sacral therapy, music, dance, group activities, And then in terms of other things that people think of as traditional therapy, uh, there's uh, cognitive behavioral therapy, dialectical behavioral therapy, EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization reprocessing, uh, somatic experiencing, central motor psychotherapy, um, uh, just a variety of things. But a, a lot of times we need to have some activities that work through the body. Uh, when we think about trauma symptoms, a lot of those are body uh, symptoms. Uh, so we uh, like to work with the body in various different ways in addition to the emotions and the thoughts. That sounds really good. And I know that uh, music and dance is, is very therapeutic for people, uh, especially right now, as you know, uh, probably know, uh, you know, TikTok videos are very popular. Everybody wants to show off their dance moves. And I, yeah. I think there is is something very therapeutic to that. So can you define trauma-informed care? What does that mean exactly? When I uh, give talks, I like to, my first slide usually says, uh, in terms of what is trauma-informed care, I always say trauma-informed care is shame reduction, and shame reduction equals trauma-informed care. And then I sit down and say, any questions? As if that's my presentation. 
but uh, then I do give some information. Trauma-informed care, the idea came from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration, who wanted uh, us to recognize that there are many psychological disorders uh, that are due to uh, psychological trauma. And this comes from the 1990s uh, study, the Adverse Childhood Experience Study, which showed that there's a great deal of psychological uh, effects of negative or adverse environments in childhood. So mood disorders, anxiety disorders, eating disorders, uh, substance abuse disorders, personality disorders are often secondary to trauma. The other thing that was an emphasis on is that is the environment, that the treatment environment should be something that's welcoming, something that makes the client or the patient feel good about themselves. Uh, and the third thing is a real uh, work towards rapport, respect, and collaboration. If we get those things, then we're going to put people in a safe uh, position where they have a good interaction uh, with us and feel genuinely that uh, we care about them. Uh, as opposed to sterile-looking offices and uh, authoritarian view and uh, those sorts of things. Yeah, that's probably so key for people to just feel comfortable, to feel like they're in a warm, caring environment. Uh, that, that sounds really good. Yes. Yeah. So what key principles are important to you when working with trauma patients? Well, the key principle may sound a little odd to some people, but I think and I tell a, a therapist when I'm working with them in supervision or consultation is to love your clients or your uh, patients. And one of the things I like was in the 70s, uh, Ron Kurtz, who was a psychologist that uh, uh, formed the Hakomi Method, which was a precursor to some other body-oriented therapies, he said... My first inclination with meeting in the patient is uh, to try to find something to love in them, something to admire. And so I think of love as uh, treating other people with the same respect that we would want to be treated ourselves, with loving kindness and compassion, but uh, also to find something admirable or heroic in them. Uh, it's, it makes a big difference when you're working with a client and you're looking for something in them that has been uh, very positive, admirable qualities, uh, heroic in overcoming certain degrees of trauma. I think the first important business is to find those things. The second key principle is to do anything to reduce shame uh, and be very careful to understand what we may do unintentionally in uh, creating some additional shame. Shame is the uh, strongest emotion that most people with uh, significant trauma are left with uh, and is more difficult to work with than the other emotions. The third thing I think about um, in working with uh, trauma patients or any other uh, clients that we work with is that we want to start with the positive first. Uh, when I'm working with someone, I know uh, usually what's wrong with them, but what I want to know and what I want the client or patient to know is what's right with them. So when we're doing a work in trauma, uh, we want to make sure that people feel good about themselves, that they understand the positive aspects of themselves, that they can feel that and have a felt sense of those positive aspects before we get into the difficult areas of uh, trauma. So always starting with what is right rather than what is wrong is the third key principle. That's such great advice uh, for your work and for everybody else right now. Like, let's focus on the positive. What What's right with us? What's right in the world? And, and maybe just try to, to, you know, to keep our focus on that and not necessarily what's wrong. Because as we know, through COVID and other things, there's a lot wrong. And let's just try to stay positive, right? 
Yes, there's a lot wrong. Yeah, as we wrap up here today, anything else we want patients to know uh, about uh, how your approach to dealing with trauma, to PTSD, or as you said, PTSR, uh, anything else? I want all people to know that anyone can recover from their trauma, uh, even if it's very early life developmental trauma, including sexual or physical abuse or both. Uh, people can recover. The other thing is you can recover at any age. Even the elderly can recover from earlier trauma because of the way that the brain operates. So I like to tell people it doesn't matter how severe your trauma was, how long it was, or how old you are, you can recover. That is so great to know and a great note to finish on uh, that all of us need to know that recovery is possible, is likely. So Dr. Seymour, thank you so much for being on today and stay well. Help is available. Sierra Tucson offers superior residential programming for adult men and women who wish to overcome a traumatic past. Call 800-842-4487 or go to sierratucson.com for more information. Sierra Tucson, where change begins. If you found this podcast helpful, please share it on your social channels and check out the full podcast library for topics of interest to you. This is Let's Talk Mind, Body, Spirit by Sierra Tucson. I'm Scott Webb, and we'll talk again next time.